Hey, hey guys, it's Nikayla here. I just wanted to come to you quick and dirty and let you know that the very first Side Hustle Pro live show is happening on October 9th in Washington, D.C. And tickets are now on sale. It's happening at the Arc Theater, Washington, D.C. Go to sidehustlepro.co slash live to grab your tickets now. So this is my very first ever live show, and I'm obviously very excited. You guys know that I've spent a ton of time putting just TLC into this, making sure it felt right for me. And there are a couple of things I'm really excited about about this show. So first and foremost, it will feature a live onstage conversation. So it really is Side Hustle Pro come to life. There's going to be a pre-show shopping experience with Black women small business owners, all of whom are Side Hustle Pro alums. Shout out to Tamara of Lozatam, Danielle of Mark by Mull, Nikki of Zen in a Jar, Art of Buttermade Shop, Aaliyah Jenkins of Body Treats, Zakia Blaine of FBF Body, and Khadijah Polly of K's Kettle Corn. So come early, make sure you're able to shop from these lovely ladies. My very special guest will be Maya Elias, who I just can't wait to impart all of this advice and to share with you guys this conversation about Maya, who, fun fact, is actually my coach. So this is the woman I learned from about personal branding and growing out my brand. And I thought, what a perfect way to kick off Side Hustle Pro's very first live show with someone who can help us all grow out our side hustles, grow out our business. So I'm so excited about that. I'm hitting my microphone and guess what? not editing this out because I'm coming to you in one take. I'm not even going to spend a lot of time on this because I really just want you guys to know that the tickets are on sale. You can grab them at sidehustlepro.co slash live. Space is limited. So if you're thinking of attending, do grab your tickets fast before they sell out. You know, kicking it off. I wasn't trying to start with this huge theater. So do know that space is limited. So make sure you grab your tickets. Doors will open at 7 that night. Again, it's October 9th. That is a Wednesday. That is Side Hustle Pro's day. So that's when we're having it. Doors are going to open at 7. You'll be able to do the pre-show shopping experience. The show will start at 8 o'clock promptly, you guys. (laughs) That'll give you enough time to get there after work or if you're coming in from out of town. And then if you would like a meet and greet ticket, you'll have an opportunity to get that as well. So that grants you exclusive access for a meet and greet with me kicking off at 6.30 before the show. So we have a lot in store for that night. I cannot wait to meet some of you guys in person. So do head over to sidehousepro.co slash live to get your tickets. And I cannot wait to see you. Talk to you soon. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, welcome, welcome back to the show. I really hope you have been enjoying the Side Hustle series. I have a few more parts of the series that are going to come to you this fall, but I am interrupting that program to share with you an interview with Sonia Lewis of the Student Loan Doctor LLC. The Student Loan Doctor has been recognized as the first African-American and woman-owned student loan repayment company in the country. Sonia is considered the people's expert for all matters related to student loan debt repayment. Her business has even received two citations by the city of Philadelphia because of its impact within the Philadelphia community. Sonia is a three-time self-published author and has been invited to share her expertise at the White House briefing on advancing equity for women and girls of color in Black Enterprise, Essence Magazine, Forbes, and more. 
In this episode, we get into how the student loan doctor came about from her own experience working to fix her finances, how she started by working for free with family and friends to get feedback and to figure out from there what her core offering should be and developed her business model from there. You'll also learn about her approach to pricing. You're going to love this and the discoveries she made after raising her prices. And you'll learn how she has been able to build out a solid team that she can trust to run the business seamlessly in her absence, plus so much more. Fun fact, Sonia and I met three years ago at the Rise Empowerment Conference. At the time, we were both just starting out with our side hustles, me with the podcast, her with Student Loan Doctor. We met in the audience, hit it off, and we've just been cheering each other on, you know, via social media ever since then. So it's really a treat to have Sonia in the guest chair. So let's get right into it. Welcome to the guest chair, Sonia. Good morning. Good morning. So you are the student loan doctor, and I imagine that that means you have your fair share of experience with student loans. Tell us about your background experience with attaining higher education and your original career path. Yes, I always tell people that the student loan doctor was a beautiful accident, but we know nothing great is by accident. So um, really, 2000 and I'm going to say... 14, I started to fix my own finances. Um, I really, really, really was in a sunken place, if you will. I'm really bad with money. Not that I didn't make good money. I just didn't know where it was going. So I took a financial literacy course. And out of that, I started to help people while in the course understand their own student loan debt. Because that's my professional background. So I've been working in higher ed for over 10 years. And the thing that was like easy and effortless for me to do, um, which is called a gift, I was like, oh, all you have to do is, and then that's how it turned into, you know what, we might be on to something. I could do some consulting with this. But it's because the reason why I even landed in that class is because one, I had no budgeting. Um, two, I had no um, priority when it came to my money. I just kind of lived paycheck to paycheck just kind of like a I deserve syndrome. And then three, my own student loan debt was coming due. Um, and I'm like, okay, so I need to get my own self together. So this is what I had to do. I remember that first call I made to Fent Loans. It took me five times, like five different people to get to the person that was actually really, really nice and knowledgeable. So I remember hanging up and I was like, if I know the questions to ask and I know what to do, what about the person who doesn't know what to do or who's too intimidated to ask? Right. So you mentioned that you you worked in higher education for over 10 years. So you mm -hmm. are actually on the path to becoming a real doctor. Tell us about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm ABD. I had to put that program on hold, obviously, because the business took off. And you're not thinking about a dissertation and a six-figure business at the same time, I tried. It'd go crazy. So I was like, no, let me put this on hold for a second. Um, for me, my goal with my doctoral degree was to be a, a college president. And so I was really excited about that because I was focusing on higher ed, adult learning. And my passion is adult learning, which is so funny because now with the student loan doctor, that's actually what I do. I still teach and inspire adults. So I'm still in my gift and I'm still in my purpose. It's just around the content that I'm really um, excited about. 
And now when you realize that, okay, I'm figuring out my own personal finances and how I'm going to tackle my own student loan debt, but I also know I can help people. What were some of the early steps you took to start to establish your side hustle? So first thing first, I was like, okay, what do I need to do to secure money? I was like, what payment processes do I need to put in place? Because everyone kept asking me, can I pay you? How much? And how do you take form of payment? And what's funny is I was meeting with people one-on-one at Corner Bakery. And, you know, that was a cash exchange. But then social media got a hold of it. Um, I think I started posting some information. I had brought myself a little lab coat. And um, I was like, oh, you can click this link. So I had, uh, you know, created a scheduler. And I knew that if I worked from nine to five, I could take appointments from six to 10. And so I really had to start thinking about my time um, being so valuable that I knew how much each half hour should cost, how much hour, how much each hour should cost. And I knew that I only had this amount of time to block off for appointments. So then I started thinking about, well, what would it look like to open up on the weekends? And and so I really just started to see myself and my time each day more and more um, as a structured business. And that really helped me, especially if you have a service-based business, you really need to understand going into it you don't have a lot of time. You only have your two hands and these 24 hours to make happen, which is why it's important when you are in a service-based business to scale and grow because it's only one you. Exactly. And something that you said really resonated with me. And, and, and I wonder if you experienced this as well when you're first starting out and you're figuring out, okay, what will this look like? Uh, okay, from six to 10. And then you're also learning how best to serve people because everyone mm-hmm. has different questions, is in, a, is in a different place in their life. But it's only after working with multiple people that you can start to we- see those themes and weave together some larger ways, some larger services that you can provide. So how did you determine exactly what service it is that the student loan doctor is providing. Was it um, just listening to people's questions and Mm -hmm. answering it, or was it actually walking them through a structured path? So I created a system. I think I did about five to seven um, appointments for free with friends and family so I can create structure. So I said, listen, I'll do this for you for free if you give me good feedback and you tell me if this part of the process is comfortable for you, what I should take out, what I should add in. And we went back and forth and they really helped me formulate the template, if you will, that I was going to use when onboarding new clients. Um, I invested early on in a CRM, a customer relationship manager. Um, 17 Hats is the one I use. This was super important for me because as you're taking on new people, you need some automated tools. So I'm like, okay, I want an email reminder to go out to Susan in two weeks and I want her to fill out this contract and I want her. And knowing that initially it was going to just be me, I needed to make sure I needed every area to be covered, but I had to have automatic systems in place. And then I was building out what's called a workflow for when I hired, because I knew it wasn't going to always be just me. That would be a little weird. So I was like, okay, when the next person comes behind me, all they have to do is hit this button. It's going to trigger boom, boom, boom. And they'll know how to respond. So from the very, very beginning, I tell people, as soon as I decided I'm going to go from hustle to actual business, I made sure that I brought a business email. Um, I made sure that I had a scheduler, uh, an actual system where we can manage clients. And I just wanted to play big from the very beginning, especially while I had my job as 
my personal investor, I could afford these programs to start. Yes. So that, <laughs> you know, because a lot of times when you're starting off, you take shortcuts, you get the Gmail email and you always keep the Gmail email, which is fine. But if you want to play big, you want somebody to buy into something. No, go ahead and get your info at so-and-so. And then the other thing is we're not going to continue to keep using Excel sheets and notebooks. When you're running a really, really big enterprise business or if that's what you see your business growing to, you're going to need something way bigger than an Excel sheet to manage all this information and data. And I really remember getting uncomfortable in the beginning, like play big, play big, play bigger. Like I used to talk to myself because I'm super, super cheap. I will let you know right now, I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm still cheap. I don't care how much money I have because um, I think that's just like the the poverty mindset that, that was actually given and passed down by accident. Some of us don't even know we're affected by a poverty mindset, but it will show up and it can show up in your business if you're not careful. So I really used to have my stickies that said, play big, play big. And I used to always carry myself, especially in the beginning and even now with my team, um, I always tell people, yes, we are a small business. Yes, we are a small black business. But if anyone in this business makes me feel like you are acting to the standard thereof of a quote unquote small black business, because there's so many negative stereotypes around that, this is not going to work. This opportunity is not going to be a good fit for you. I want people to, when they hear the student loan doctor, it's just a business. That's it. It's just and a business. So yep. I, I hold my team to that standard. It's uncomfortable, but hey, um, you have to really, really um, hold a standard of greatness so people can reach the bar. That's powerful. And it's powerful that when you touched on having a poverty mindset can show up in your business. Speaking of mm-hmm. that, how did you determine the business structure, your fee structure, especially given, mm-hmm. especially given that you are serving people who are already money conscious? Yes. So the thing is, and I will be really transparent to say, even with pricing more recently, we've just moved up in pricing. We probably had our prices still for like a whole year um, or maybe even a little more. I made the price point affordable for the person who makes, I would say, 50000 or more. In the beginning, I would probably say I was serving someone who made about at least 30000 But with that comes a different type of client. And not all the time, but most times that person is because it is a hardship. They are more picky. They have 20,000 questions. Sometimes they're not as polite because they feel like you're just another person taking from them. So when I moved the price point up a bit, I saw less. I I don't know what other word to use, but foolery. (laughs) And it sounds so bad, but I I just was like, oh, God, we got to do better as Mm -hmm. people because I want to I just want to help you. Like, I remember when my price point was around $100. Like, that's it. Do you know that it was just such a challenge to get someone to pay 100 when I was trying to serve someone who didn't make that much? Like, can I do four payments to 25? No, I can't sustain off that. Like, I left my job to do this. I have an employee now. I have overhead. So, no, we cannot do four payments to 25 because you will go find $100 if you want those brand new Jordans. Yes. Those Yeezys. So, like, those bundles, sis. Okay? I'm sorry. So I had to realize that my price can't be determined on what it is that you value as something you need because you will value the sneaker. You will value entertainment. You will value more things over me. Beyonce never, when she drops her concert prices, okay, she's never like, I wonder what they can afford this year. No, it's just $400. I'll see you there or not. And that's how it has to be because 
I'm providing you a service that's going to help you with your money, help you have more peace, help you be more comfortable, help them not take your refund check, help you get a home, help you have good credit. So at the time, if you couldn't now, it costs $100 now. But if it, if you get the time, couldn't find $100, then guess what? It's okay. We're just not fit for you. And that's okay too. So I had to learn that really, really early on. Hard lesson, but important lesson to learn. Yes. And now how are you juggling your full-time role in the growing business? Yeah, so I have to delegate, delegate, delegate. I have uh, two assistants um, and I have a team of six. Um, and so that makes eight of us, or nine including myself total. And everyone has a specific role and everyone is excellent at their role. I went to a leadership retreat not long ago and that retreat cost me $3,000. And that's why I was like, okay, I must be serious, serious about this business because I just gave somebody $3,000. So everything they say, I'm going to come back and utilize. And what I realized is I had some people on my team that were not aligned with their gift. And so I had to really come back and sit with each of them and discover a little more like what is it that they're great at? Not good at, but great at. And then I had to move people and shuffle people appropriately. This was really, really important for me to do because what I realized is we'll never grow or we'll never be as big as we should be. If I have people in their incorrect order, if they're not properly in their gifts. So it was hard to tell some people, you know what? I know you served in this role for like a year, but now I'm going to move you here. And I think X, Y, and Z, but you know what? They came out to be much more happier. Um, and I'm glad that I was bold enough to do that. Personally, I do juggle being the brand, the face and the CEO. So it is my uh, goal by next year to hand over a lot of the managerial duties um, to my senior coach. Um, she's been with me from the very start. So I'm grooming her with leadership courses, leadership books, leadership podcasts, because I, that's the area that I need her to grow in. But I do realize, and I'll tell anybody that's trying to grow and if they are interested in having a successful, you know, six figure or more business, you have to delegate and you have to trust your team. At what stage did you delegate? So you started this as a side hustle and mm -hmm. you, it seems like you started hiring fairly quickly. How were you mm -hmm. able to do that? Was yep. the business already that profitable? It was. So when I was just doing it as a side hustle, I was making in four hours what I made it at a day at work. And my salary was like 65000 at the time. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, now that we can afford that, you know, so next thing is, what would it look like to go full time? And then I'm like, OK, now my calendar is just so booked that I don't want people to wait more than a week to work with me. Now I need a new person to bring in and they'll be paid according to scale of the services that they complete. So I never went with an hourly pay. I believe that when people are great, you should pay them as such. So my coaches, they get paid anywhere between 20 to 100 for the hour. And that's because the work that they're doing it's super important to not only the people that we're serving, but it is important to keep this business sustainable. So my, my coaches do get paid a lot of money. And that's because I want them to be super excited to help somebody navigate and get out of student loan debt. I don't want anyone that, that I'm paying 10 an hour, 15 an hour to be kind of excited about the role. No, when you're getting paid 20 to 100 an hour, it's a different type of work ethic that comes with it. And there's a different type of standard I'm going to hold you to because everyone's not making 20 to 100 an hour. So I need everyone to act accordingly. So there's a different <laughs> standard that I have. 
And what are the core services now that the student loan doctor provides? Yeah, so we help um, navigate all repayment plans. Um, particularly, we manage federal loans. There's some private loan work that we'll do, but we really have learned to um, partner with people that do the work that they do well. So we have an expert that we'll send over for private loans. Um, we help people with consolidation, default rehabilitation, wage garnishment, public service loan forgiveness. Student loans at home buying is a popular one because those laws have changed in 2016. So we're able to help uh, people navigate that process, connect them with an appropriate lender. The first step is always a free discovery call. We don't want to take anything from anyone if we can't help them. So just literally tell us what's happening and we'll say, oh, you're a great fit to move on to our next step. Or you're not a great fit and that's okay. Here's another resource for you. And so I think that's why we have a lot of success because before you pay anything, you can talk to us and tell us what it is that you need and then we can move from there. You know, what's so interesting about your service is um, a lot of us, we go to school, we take on this loan and we there is no one to counsel us through what's the best exactly. step. Should we refinance? Should we go with this company? Should we go with that company? So what you're doing is kind of unprecedented. Um, at the same time, how are you able to scale your team to have as much knowledge as you and to make sure everyone who comes to you mm -hmm. feels comfortable going to any of your coaches? So I have my, I've had my team now for over a year, some of them too, and some from the very beginning. So I had to just set the tone, especially when I stopped doing appointments one-on-one, that this is the team and this is the brand. And I've trained them thoroughly. I mean, literally, we had a boot camp style training for a whole month, Monday through Thursday from six to nine. We just had training um, right before I even put them on the floor. Um, to do work. And when I say floor, I mean virtual because they work from home. But the training was in person for a whole month, six to nine, Monday through Thursday. And then we do continuous weekly trainings. And what's funny is my senior coach, particularly, she's better than me, um, especially when it comes to default wage garnishment, because that process, that collection process is always changing. She knows the people's names at the collection agencies. It's so funny. So I'm like, um, yeah, no, um, you're going to want to talk to Coach Sheena for that because she's the, <laughs> she's the GOAT. I'm not, I, I would tell people, mm -hmm. I haven't done that collection process in over a year. So I'm going to need you to go on and get comfortable because this is who I have in place. Yes. And the other thing is, especially being a small business, and a, I don't let people tell me what we are or are not going to do. You will use us or you will move on. And that's okay too. Because in the beginning, people were like, well, I want to work with the doctor. I, I want to work. And I want to I, I want to work with me too, sis. But you know what? <laughs> Unfortunately, you're going to have to go over here. And that's okay. And I had to set the tone with some people. And then when I transferred my clients to my coaches from the, the next year, um, I did give them a courtesy call to say, hey, this is who you're going to be working with. I trust them 100%. If you need me, you can reach out. But nine times out of 10, you won't need me. And it was fine. Um, you have to get out of your own way. And if the business only thrives and works on you, it's not a business. No one ever really needs to know, because I'm a brand, yes, but they really don't need to know me. Like They just need to know what product I put in place that works, what systems I put in place that works. So you're not buying necessarily me and my bubbly personality. I'll give you a hug. We could be girlfriends. <laughs> but you will utilize these coaches because they are on the payroll thereof. Right. You don't need me. And that's why I tell people all the time, I need to call you tomorrow. I'm like, no, you'll call so-and-so. And, -so. and they, they'll laugh. I'm like, no, no, you'll never get me unless we have a scheduled time to talk because I don't need to do that work with you. With my schedule, 
it's so crazy. There could be an interview that pops up. I might have to travel. You don't want me as a coach because two reasons. You will see me on Instagram living my best life. Like tomorrow I fly out to Canada. And let me tell you something right now. You're going to be mad. You're going to be mad. <laughs> when you see me in Canada and you're like, she ain't never get back because my paperwork is due. I am not getting back. <laughs> so, and that's because I deserve some self-care too. Mm-hmm. So how do I manage being a brand, being a speaker, being a CEO? You know, so I had to take myself out of somewhere in the equation. And I love, love, love systems, process, sales, marketing. And I love serving people, but my gift, my gift is best used on the back end, not on the front end doing the daily work. I'll get burnt out. I was getting burnt out. And that that w- there would be no student loan doctor if you kept me at the table. Yes. So I had to I had to move myself. And I'm really impressed because for a lot of service-based business, myself included, that is the hardest thing to navigate, to figure mm-hmm. out how to scale, how to take yourself out of it. The, the daily work without people feeling unsupported and mm-hmm. feeling like you've gone MIA on them. Now, just to clarify for a second, so the core service, <clears throat> the core benefit and, and transformation mm-hmm. that you're helping people get through is to really figure out their repayment um, plan and their life plan to get themselves out of student debt or out of wage mm-hmm. garnishment and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So we're navigating the process with you. A lot of times when people come to us, they're not calling in excited. They're calling in like, girl, they're about to do, 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 do. I'm like, OK, but well we got to do, 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 do. And we get right into action. We don't make people wait um, a long time for results. I mean, literally, we're doing everything like that day if you want us to, because we understand somebody's paycheck on the other side of this is on the line. And that means food in your mouth, food for your children. Um, somebody's home is a few months down the road that they can buy if they only clean the X, Y, and Z up. Somebody's credit is important. And so we have to move very, very quickly because we know that people are not coming to us for fun. You're not becoming a client for fun. Like you might like me and what I do on Instagram, but the, the thing that's going to make you pay is you like, I just can't handle or do this because you got to remember this thing is very overwhelming to people. You've been ignoring Sally Mae since you graduated most times. So now you want to tackle her by yourself when you get that letter in the mail that says your, your bill is $3,220? No, you're not going to do that. You're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to feel like, why did I even go to school? Why is All these emotions come with this decision. And so the thing is, I tell people all the time, I and my team are very unemotional about your money. We're logical. This is what we got to do. And this is what we do every day. We serve about 500 people a month, brand new people. And we have a system in place. Boom, 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 boom. So this is not a service that's by chance or I wonder if it'll work. If we take you on as a client, we know it will work. I know for a fact, and we have served over 6,000 people. I know for a fact there are two people, and I know them by name, that we cannot help. And the only reason we cannot help them, the only reason... Is because they lied and they, it was two men, <laughs> ironically, not women. They lied and they had burnt so many agreements with their collection agency. And I remember, I remember one of them I did and one of them I see a coach did. I remember thinking, this just is not right. Like, this is not normal. Like, something is happening. And I remember I asked the lady on the phone, how many prior agreements have been set up for this account? Because now I'm getting irritated. I already knew something wasn't right. And they were like, Oh, there were six agreements set up. That's why we can no longer do that. Six agreements? I had looked at my client. Now, of course, I didn't come down on him. I'm like, but I looked at him. I said, 
why did you sit here and act like there were already six agreements in place? Oh, I thought that when you did, it would be different. <laughs> oh, no. So that's the only time. So if you're not going to be honest or truthful, mm-hmm. um, I tell people we can't help. <laughs> Got it. Now, how did you, I'm curious to know how you transitioned from the job because you were making a great amount of money on the side hustle and, mm-hmm. you know, you were in a good place making, having the personal investment from the full time and mm-hmm. then starting to hire. So how did you set up your transition specifically so that you'd be able to have a salary plus also continue employing people? Mm-hmm. So I had to make sure that the numbers made sense for me to leave. That's why I used to run my numbers and consistently and say, all right, I got to make this, 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 to clear this, this, this. So I knew my numbers down to the penny, what overhead would cost, what my salary would cost, what my assistant salary would cost, what it would look like to save, taxes, invest, health insurance, okay? Don't leave your job and you don't have no health insurance. Go back to work, sis. Because <laughs> I tell people that it's not cute. It's not cute because if something happens, if something always happens, mm-hmm. you need to be able to take care of yourself, especially if you are the business. So I used to, when I left my job, my health insurance for a year was $1,000 a month. So $1,000 plus all of my other expenses had to get clear or I'm not leaving my job. Then I got my bill down to like $550 and as of now it's $279 a month. But that is an expense that is non-negotiable. There are some things that I said to myself, when I leave, I am not going to go without. I'm not eating ramen noodles for dinner. I'm not I'm not having uh, baked beans and rice every day for dinner. I'm not going on a struggling boat. I am not uh, my best self, my most creative self, if I put and elect myself into poverty. For all of that, I can stay at work and it'd be a really good side hustle and I'll continue to listen to your podcast, right? So <laughs> that's what I said to myself. I was just like, no, I'm going to make sure that if I leave this job, Everything has to be paid accordingly and the standard of living will be the same or greater. I'm happy to report it's greater. But that was a decision I had to make for myself and I put my foot down. I was like, girl, you can stay at work. You all right. But the other thing is, too, my gift was also making people uncomfortable. And so I started getting invitations to the White House. I started publishing books. I started being called on by the city. So now I had a decision before I left my job. Who are you going to be today? Are you going to be the worker or are you going to be the CEO? And wherever you decide to play, you can decide to play big or play small. But that's going to be on you. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, God, God, you are really doing it. Like, you are really making me uncomfortable. Like, why would you do this to me? <laughs> and I used to be so mad with God in the very beginning. But it, but it wasn't about me. And I think people need to understand that. Every great business that gets started, self-made people, I say all the time, it's never about them. God is using that person and their gifts to help his kingdom. That's it. That's it. So if you just take yourself out the equation, you'll be a lot better. <laughs> hey guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsors. So the number one question I get about side hustling is how do I get started? And the other day, I decided to kind of take inventory of what I was doing in my early days of side hustling. How did I get started with Side Hustle Pro? And the biggest thing that stood out to me is that 
I was always investing in skill and personal development, and I like to do just-in-time learning. So when I was ready to do something new or try something else, I would invest in a class to learn that skill and then practice implementing it so the rest of my development and learning came from my actual experience. So I highly recommend you do the same. What is it that you want to do? Do you want to finally put up your website? Then head over to Skillshare and take a class on putting up your website. Do you want to get started with social media and you're not sure how to start? Head over to Skillshare and start taking some classes. Skillshare is so great because it's an online learning community. It has over 25,000 classes in anything you can think of from photography to entrepreneurship, even podcasting. And right now they are offering a special offer just for Side Hustle Pro listeners. You can get two months of unlimited access to Skillshare for free. Imagine what you can do in two months, how many classes you can take. But remember to do the implementation piece, all right? So head over to Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro. That's Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro to get started with your two free months. And one more time, that's Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro. Story time. Let me tell you about the first time I had to send an invoice to a client. It was back in 2011. I was doing some social media freelance work for a major brand. And when it was time to get paid, they told me to just invoice them. I was racking my brain like, how do I send an invoice? How does this process work? Then I discovered FreshBooks. I signed up for an account, created my very first invoice, sent it over to the client, and they paid it immediately. The whole thing was seamless. And I also remember feeling super proud because I look professional and that's what I want. That's why I highly recommend FreshBooks for my fellow side hustlers. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized than anything you would try to do on your own. FreshBooks lets you create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. Plus, you can file expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part? FreshBooks grows alongside your business, so you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn accounting. Try it free for 30 days, no catch and no credit card required. Just go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle pro and enter side hustle pro in the how did you hear about us section. Again, that's freshbooks.com slash side hustle pro and tell them side hustle pro sent you. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Your gift was making people uncomfortable. I find that so powerful and I also experienced something similar. So what was your experience as far as noticing that it was making people uncomfortable? Yeah. So in the beginning, I experienced things like with my media friends and family. That's where it started at first. Not so much coworkers because I kept it under the wraps. They didn't know till I left. But, but family and friends, particularly in the beginning. Oh, so you just did a loan doctor. Oh, what's going on with this business? Oh, you're changing. We don't see you. We don't talk to you. Well, last time I checked, there was not a blueprint for someone who is starting their own business from the ground up. There was no business plan blueprint that came with this. So you will not see me because all I had time and the capacity to think about was this business. Because again, people, I've left my job. All I have is two options is to win or to win. So maybe you don't see me at the cookout. Maybe you don't see me for happy hour as much. 
I ain't that happy if I don't know how I'm going to clear payroll. So I need to figure out very early on how to get my systems and, and get my, my business and my life in order. And I had to tell my friends, if you are my friend, you will support me. I am on to something big. I don't know what it is yet. God is still working it out. But I appreciate your support as it grows. And everything I said was true. Now I can do nice things with my friends. Now, if I want to treat, if I want to night, the night is on me. If I want to say, girl, we out, we're going on vacation. We did it. I can do those things because I've earned it. But in the very beginning, I needed some people to be a little flexible. It's not about you, sis. It's not about you, family. I need you to be a little flexible. And I also had the, 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 uh, what's the word? Because I think a lot of people don't have it. I also had the intuition to separate from people that were not for me. And that was family and friends included. That was even guys I was talking to. I had to just go through a whole wash of people. Is this person aligned with who I am about to become? If they were unaligned, they had to go. That's it. Because now me focusing on you, me doing a texting thing with you, me worrying about your criticism or what you might think, you are holding up space in my brain that I need to cultivate this business. And so I just became real free about 2017, you know, just so people had to go. Oh. But then, <laughs> I love it. What's funny is those same people are now trying to come back like, hey, I'm so proud of you. But you weren't that proud when you were understanding and you were, uh, you know, a little shade. Little shade was being thrown back then. No, no, you were not aligned. So while I am not mad at anyone and I wish everyone well, we are unaligned. And that's okay. And the other thing is, too, I've grown as a person. I've super grown as a person. The things that I've been exposed to, the things that I know now, I am not the same girl you knew in 2013 or even when I met you, darling, in 16. I've grown. And you've grown. So you have to allow people, one, you have to let them know I've grown, allow me to reintroduce myself, and then they can opt in to this new person or not. And I am very unapologetic about that because- I mean, we, we just even think of something practical like Jay-Z. When we call him Jigger to Jay-Z, Sean Carter, like that's two different, that's, that's three different people, right? So we've seen his evolution. So guess what? You're allowed to grow too. And you have to not let people make you feel bad for that. I love it. I think that, you know, that's such an important word. You just gave a word right there that so many people need to hear and be reminded of. Um, people literally do hold space in your brain. And and not everyone understands that. And I, I also relate to that in terms of people wanting to just um, call you up, you know, old friends wanting to get your opinions outside of what you're doing as a business. You know, not, oh, I want to come to Student Loan Doctor. Like, no, oh, mm-hmm. can we talk outside oh. of this? And like that space in my oh, brain, yeah. like, sis, mm-hmm. come on over through my, my business and we could talk about loan stuff there, right? So mm-hmm. is that something that you have to navigate? Now, you mentioned payroll, and I'm curious what you used for payroll when you and, and, and health insurance and, and really getting <clears throat> your <clears throat> let me start that over. So you mentioned payroll, and I'm curious what you used when you started to provide payroll, or how did you decide did you want to have contractors, full-time employees? Do you give them mm-hmm. a 401k? Do you give them health insurance? Break it all down, sis. Yeah. So for me, um, I have my coaches set up as contractors and my assistants set up as um as actual what's the word? Not is it W two? 
not W, not W two. What's the word? Um, Full time employee. <laughs> Full time employees. Thank you. Always get caught up. Again, this is why I give this over to my accountant and my tax person. So I just knew that as a as a contractor it would be best served for the coach role because their hours they are flexible. They change. Um, process change and how to uh, pay them. I didn't want it to be an hourly um, setup. I wanted them to know that they are worth more. And the women that I have in my business, I empower them. Like, this is what you should be paid an hour because this is your gift. The more that you learn and the more that you apply yourself in this business, I'll be able to pay you more. If I make more, you make more. So I'm very transparent about numbers and growth with people. Because at the end of the day, I don't want people to... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? I don't want people to ever feel like they can't grow too or that there's a ceiling on top of their head inside mm-hmm. of my business. My admins, they get paid more. Um, they get paid more. You know, every six months we look at their salary and we do a quarter raise. And I, this is important to me because I don't want them to see me bringing in more money in the business. And then they feel like they don't, they're not able to make more money. Only I can. Like, that's weird. And so everybody has to grow so that everybody has that same hustle and same drive as I do. Mm -hmm. And is it kind of incentive based as well? Or is it just more so letting them know that, hey, this is growing. I recognize that we're earning more. I recognize that that's as a result of you partially and that I want to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Everyone in this business knows to the dollar what they bring in how they contribute, how they might have lost us money. I, I had that conversation too. Mm. And because it's uncomfortable, I know, but I do it with love because you should not make that same mistake next month. That's where <laughs> I'm going with it. You got one time. But yes. if you don't follow up, I call them missed opportunities. We, mm. we do something what's called missed opportunities for the month. And I will show the emails or the feedback that I receive. And what can we do to improve? And and if you're the right person, I believe I have the right team. You're going to be so passionate and so focused about this business that you're going to say, you know what? I don't want to let my team down. We're so tight that if you don't do this, then this person's impacted. And so because we're like a family and we do our retreats and, you know, we, we hang out. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, then none of us win. And that's a big burden to carry. So let's just make sure we distribute it evenly. Yes. And so I really hold everybody accountable. I hold myself accountable. I hold them accountable. And again, I'm not mean. I'm not. And this is not a caddy. This is a, this is what it is. This is how much we have an opportunity to make. And when you do this, this is what we're going to hit. These are the goals we're going to hit. But when you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. This is what we lost. Do you think we can afford any losses? No. Okay. So next month we're not going to, okay, cool. You know, and I, I'm silly and I'm, you know, I put a little humor into it, but they also know if it is not going to work, cause I've had to let people go. We will still be friends, but you will not be a part of my business. And that's okay too. That's it's okay fun. too. <laughs> yeah. We're going to out for dinner. Yeah. Yes, keep it but all you the way real, you but you can't stop might, the engine. You can't stop we, it. You know, like, no, like this is a business that is meant to serve. This is a, million dollar business. We are in a billion dollar industry. We all should be able to be millionaires, high six figure earners, right? And if we don't all operate with that same level of excellence, we are not aligned. We can have a we can have a drink, we can go eat some food together, but you will not put your, your fingers on this engine. Because when I am not present and I take my vacations, I may go on a cruise. I'm about to get a surgery. I was out for a week. 
I was so proud of my team. I remember when I went out for surgery and I and I came back. I couldn't even check the systems. I just had to let a whole lot of God run that business for a whole, whole week. When I came back to, do you know, Nikayla, that we made more money than we ever made when I went on a cruise for about a week? Wow. Came back, we made more money than we ever made. And the reason is, is because that team has said to themselves, we cannot let her down. We got to go. We got to go overtime. We got. And you know what? I honored that. So now everybody gets a surprise bonus. You didn't know you were going to get a bonus. I didn't even know you was going to get a bonus. <laughs> but, you, but when I did the math, I said, oh, this is these are the right people. They want to show up and show out when I'm not present. Mm-hmm. And, and th- so that's why you have to honor your team and, and, and be kind. You know, I might randomly cash at them. I might do it today. I'm feeling generous. You know what? I might say. You know what? Five dollars coffee on me. It's little stuff. It's little stuff that that when their family members get sick, here's some here's some flowers for your sister or OK, the baby is having a birthday or, you know, these things are so important to me because they're not just a part of this business. Their their family, the personal things that are happening in their lives show up at work. Um, and so I try to make sure I'm thoughtful all around and not only about them, but the immediate people that they love as well. Exactly. And the things that you're saying are are so helpful as people, including myself, think through future ways to to have a company work culture that makes people want to come to work and make them Mm -hmm. happy and and feel appreciated. Because I think that's so important. And that's something that I've experienced at work when I just didn't feel appreciated. I just didn't feel that anyone was happy that I was there or, or recognized right. my work, but you're recognizing their work. And even what you said about missed opportunities, what a great ra- way to frame that. You know, it's not like, here's how you fail this week or here's all the things that went wrong, but here is a missed opportunity. Wow, what can we do to make that a better opportunity mm-hmm. that we gain next time? So that I think is so powerful. Now, um, you are in a place where, many of us are trying to be where we're hiring and we have an extended team of contractors. And some of the things that we need to talk about are more tactical. And so I'm interested to know, for example, how you set up your payment structure. Is there a tool, an online tool that you can share that's helpful? I know you Mm -hmm. talked about your CRM before, so I'm interested to know if you use like a Gusto, for example, or just something to pay out everyone every month. Yeah, so um, well, we have a payroll through ADP. Um, ADP has been awesome as a small business. The specials that they have, I just love, love, love. Especially when you say you're gonna cancel. Um, that's just my little trick. But anyway, <laughs> um, wait, but what's no, ADP? Uh, ADP. Um, I'm not sure the acronym what it stands for, but ADP is actually what a lot of uh, big employers use to process payroll. Okay. So that's what I would recommend. Just search ADP. Okay. It'll come up and then have a specialist call you, let them know you're a small business. And it's really affordable. I love their systems, their apps, how easy it is to process payroll um, through them. Now, in terms of what I pay my coaches, um, that's more so just on a sliding scale as to what I thought services should be amount should be paid for. Like I created that personally. I don't have a particular formula for that. I do do coaching for a service-based business. Um, I've started, I would say, on the back end, about at least five now. And nobody will ever know that. It's just that they've hired me to do that work. Um, systems, processes, you know, procedures, all of that I put in place. And my friend was like, why do you have the time to do that? I'm like, what's funny is that's the thing that makes me like 
you know, makes my toes wiggle. Like that's the thing that makes me excited <laughs> because I saw how I started my own. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized when I was at work, that was my gift at work. I was always thinking about what system we should put in place. Should we send thank you cards to our, our uh, students after they enroll? Maybe we should have somebody call in the first week and not the fourth week. And, and so systems and process unknowingly have always been a thing that I was super excited for. So when I had to create this from scratch, I already knew what to do because I was in the meetings at work. A lot of people listening right now do not understand that they are the million dollar thing, the glue that's holding their job together while they might pay you 60 or 70,000 a year, right? You really are worth a million to them. Without you, there is no system. Without you, there is no excellent customer service. Without you, there is no high conversion. And when I did the math, because I was in um, admissions for years, when I did the math on how much I was bringing in a year for these colleges, right? I said, oh my God, I have brought this college in $4 million, but yet I'm only getting paid 60. Mm. Mm, What would it look like to bring in $4 million for yourself? With a product at this amount, with a service structure at this amount, with a team at this, reverse engineer what your jobs are doing. It's not that untangible. So I just tell people all the time, stop going there excited just to be having a job. You need to be excited that you are really the millionaire that you just found out yet today, maybe when they listen to this podcast. And what can they do if they're if they have that entrepreneur bug in them to replicate what they're already doing well at work? Does that make sense? That makes sense. And uh, I guess <clears throat> that makes sense. And what I'm hearing is, listen, there is a skill that you were hired for that only you can do. Yes, you can be replaced, but there's a way that you do it that made you super, super impressive and valuable to your job. So keep that in mind as you think through, you might not be doing the same thing. And I always say, don't try to start a competitor to your company while you're working there. But Think about what you bring to the table and how you can apply that to other things. Exactly. So we have to be reframed. Let's be very grateful for the jobs that we have. Yes. Let's be the best we can be at the jobs that we have. Let's get that. So you know how you have money set aside sometimes mm-hmm. for conferences and training? Use it all, sis. Use it all. Maximize. Take some classes. Yep. So when you leave, you are best and your most skilled and knowledgeable self. On day time, you know? So that's what I tell people all the time. Reframe it. Yes. You better be excited. Hey, good morning, Bob. Reframe <laughs> the excitement. Because what could you what can you learn from that job before you leave? Not good morning, Bob. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I realized I was gonna leave my job, and what's funny is now they pay me and hire me all the time as a contractor. Wow. That's crazy. So when I was realizing I was going to leave, do you know how excited I was to see those people? Good morning. <laughs> how are you, Susan? Oh, that dress is beautiful. All right. Okay, Susan. Okay. All right. Lunch, Starbucks, darling. And, and then I started reverse engineering the top people at the job. You don't understand. I was like on a Blue's Clues mission project. I'm about to leave, y'all. Mm-hmm. But let me, before I go, let me reverse engineer what is done very well here. What do they do? What do, how do they discuss marketing? What what committees can I join before I go? Yes. You you they probably that's why when I left, I had a whole party. I had a personal meeting with the president. Listen, it was just a they because they probably said to themselves, 
she was good before, but she has become really great before she left. <laughs> and you always want to leave on a high note with a strong yes. impression, you know. Don't, they, don't quit they, when you're low. Don't quit when you're frustrated. They said, <laughs> say, I just can't believe you want to leave. Me right. neither, Bob. Me neither. That's all right. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're having too much fun. Right. But I hope somebody is listening and is encouraged exactly. by this conversation. No, because I'm, they need to reframe how they're at work. Go ahead. And, yeah, and that 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 really does help you too with your side hustle too. When you're you're operating from a place of um, strategicness and not just uh, a place of frustration. You're, it opens up ideas, creativity, just that clearer thinking. So it's important to get mm-hmm. in this headspace that Sonia is talking about. It works. Now... Sonia, it seems like everything was smooth sailing for you, though. I need to know what were some of the challenges? Like, what was the hardest moment of starting the student loan doctor and running it? The hardest moment, I would say, with running the student loan doctor was that it hit me that everything is on me. If I win, I'm going to win. If I'm if I'm going to lose, I'm, it's only me responsible. The level of accountability that someone has to have to be a CEO of a six-figure growing business, a brand that's in the public eye, is high. You can no longer do some of the things you used to do. Those bad behaviors have have to get cut short. Um, may not even go where you used to go. Like I'm, I live in Philly. I'm from Philly. And so what's funny is I will be somewhere. People will have this, I call it the smile. And I'm like, uh-oh. All right, here we go. You know what? I just love what you're doing with the student loan doctor. And I just want you to know. And so I have to be on at all times. Even when I'm just going to Starbucks with some sweats on, people want to stop and take photos and do hugs. And not on a celebrity type note, but more on a I'm grateful type mm. note. And and so I don't believe in like celebrityism with a service-based business. That's a little weird. I'm not that big of myself. I just think that people are excited about one, they know somebody from Philly doing it. Two, I'm tangible. Three, my story is very real. Um, I tell people I went from overdraft to overflow because that's why I started taking a class. I couldn't stop overdrafting my bank account. And if you know what that means, just you know, look down. But the point is, <laughs> I just went from very practical um, to this is how I did it and you could do it too. So for me, the pressure had been and it always will be, this is you and you alone. When things go right, you pat yourself on the back. When things go wrong, you take the L by yourself. So, and it's a good saying when we do well, we win. The team, we did well. When we do bad, I, I as the CEO fell. How did I fail? How did I fail them? So I just had to learn to become super accountable, super responsible, super mature about everything very quickly. If I wasn't before, I am now um, because I have no other option but to win or to win. I say that so many times. Probably get a tattoo that says win or win. Because there is no there is no plan B. There is no losing. It's no going back to work. No. Not when I know. No, I'm just being real. Like, you know, I don't even know what it'd be like to work for someone. That would scare the death out of me because every day is my time. Is my time. I'm a delegator. I am a creator. I'm a thinker. Um, somebody said you can make money happen out of nowhere, thin air. I, I think of ideas every day. You know, and, and that's because I have the freedom and the space to do so. So I will never go back to where I have come from because God has grown me so much. And so I'm very, very grateful. I'm always very humble. And I pray to stay that way because he didn't have to choose me. The person that's listening to this podcast that has a gift, 
He chose you, sis. Now go do something with it. Nobody has to be chosen. You know how many people are not living in their purpose and don't understand their gift? I want. I don't want to be that person ever again. So the fact that I have it and I found it, I'm riding the wave all the way out. Yes. And now I'm curious to hear um, how you've dealt with the negative side of service-based business, meaning things like customers who, for whatever reason, might not do their part or might, you know, there might be miscommunication and then they have complaints and they might even leave a bad review. Like, how do you as a service-based business um, deal with that? You know what? We have very few negative complaints and chargebacks. And and I say that very humbly and very proudly. And I think that's because our customer service is really, really phenomenal. Like I always tell my team, if I'm talking to you or I'm interacting with you, even when something goes wrong and it's not a hug, like like almost like a hug in a bottle, like, like if you don't get that experience, then something's not right. And I've had to coach some of my staff because they're not perfect. Uh, and I'll let the, you know, the coach will say, well, this person has saying they did, but what did you do? You work for this company, not them. So I'm upholding you to a standard of excellence, not the client. Yeah, I will tell clients we do not play disrespect. I, I, that is not in our policy. We are never disrespectful. You will no longer be disrespectful. And if you feel the need to be disrespectful, you will be refunded and you will still be in the same boat in which you came in. You still need help. So how about we reframe our conversation? And I'll say that to people like, you know, you don't have to be nasty. Or what's funny is I've had some people be nasty with a coach. And then let's say I go on the phone. Now, remember, they had this image and they thought about me and they they, they think highly of me from Instagram. Right. Let's just say. So now I'm on the phone them. I'm like, hi, Susan. Um, You know, I'm up to date with what happened with you and Coach Sheena. I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, what's going on? You know, my Sonia. You know, I just feel like, you know, the tone changes. I never see, I I can't make this up. And I'll let them talk. And that's because people are not bad people or, and I always tell people, they're not mad at us. They're mad at Sally Mae and Fed Loans and Obvious. That's not us. They're frustrated. And I tell the coaches, let that go. Like, that's not about you. And I'll say, well, you know what, Susan? We are still very committed to work with you and serve you. But let me tell you what it has to look like moving forward. Outbursts, madness. I'm going off on a tangent. We're not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, Susan. Oh, well, not, you know, well, let me just apologize right now because I was having a bad day. You know, I got the letter that I said it was about to go on my paycheck. And I just felt like, you know, and then they'll say, you know, they'll apologize and move on. But that's very, very few. I actually don't even think about when stuff goes wrong because gratefully stuff don't really go wrong. I know that that sounds impractical to somebody listening, but I think there's also a mindset that you have to have about you and your business that I expect excellence from my clients and from my staff. I expect that we're going to have a good relationship. I expect that. So because I have that expectation, I think that I kind of lend that out through my messaging or when you meet me and I now say you're going to work with so-and-so, there's an extension thereof. I think that that sets a precedent that this is going to work because we have work to do. We don't have any time to play. We have to get you in order. And so because there's an urgency around it, there's very little room for foolery. Mm. Because remember, they're coming to us because something is wrong or about to go wrong or they need this opportunity to buy the home. Something's about to go right. They need to improve their credit. So who has time for the bickery? You know, because we're trying to get to some money, you know, like, or, or, or get, make more money or save some money. So why, why would we live in that place? So I appreciate the question, but I tell people all the time. I just feel like when things go wrong, the best 
advice I have is to get on it right away. Don't let it wait. Don't let it fester. Apologize. Own it. I own everything that goes wrong. And then I move right into solution. We don't stay in a negative place for too long. Yes. That's it. So now, before we jump into the lightning round, let us know, what do you hope for the student loan doctor to become? So I foresee the student loan doctor growing to be an even bigger brand, uh, the the thought leader, the go-to, the guru for all things related to the student loan debt. You know, CNN will have to call us to get our opinion. Millennial platforms will call us to get our opinion. Um, Any platform that is um, highly for Black women will have to call us to get our opinion. So we will be the number one source of entity as it relates to student loan debt. We play well with others because all we do is student loan debt. So I want to make sure that we have tight partnerships um, going and moving forward that complement each other. And for me, I feel like for myself, where I see myself growing, really, like I said, is just being the... I would love to see myself with some gray hair <laughs> and like, let's see, how old am I? Let me say like 30, 40 years with 20, 30 published books on how the economy has been affected by student loan debt, but we were able to turn around. Like I really just see myself as a thought and theorist on that, that field. Here's the thing. And I really appreciate your platform because I know particularly women listen to your platform, most likely maybe even black women or minority women, right? And what I've learned is that student loan debt disproportionately affects minority women, African-American women. And so what would be so powerful is the thing that's silently affecting, you know, us most. I'm going to say us because I'm a black woman. What if we had a, a strategy, we had tools in place so that our children and our children's children never knew the word student loan? What, what, what would that look like? We would be raising a, a, a debt-free generation to come, in generation to come. So that is my that is my goal. How do I enlighten this generation so that the next generation and the next generation thereafter never ever has to know what it's like to be affected by student loan debt? Yes. All right. So now we're going to jump into the lightning round. <clears throat> Start over my throat today. All right, now we're going to jump into the lightning round. You know the deal. You just answer the very first thing that comes to mind. You ready, Sonia? I'm ready. All right, let's go. Number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with a Side Hustle Pro audience? So the number one resource, I would say, we talked about a few of them, 17 Hats, Acuity, Scheduler, um, getting connected with a payroll system so that's not just you and delegating those taxes. I would say those would be like the three. All right. Anything. Yep. Number two, what's been the best business book that you've personally read this year? Oh, yes. Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. Yes. All awesome. Right. Everyone needs it, especially if you're going to business and scaling. Love that. Number three, what's a non-negotiable part of your day? Oh, um, my six-mile walks. Um, they occur in the morning. Um, I walk three miles up to Starbucks. That's the only way I'll get my Starbucks for the day is if I walk to get it and then I'll sit for about 30 minutes. Usually I have a little yogurt parfait and then I'll walk back. Ooh. Number four, what is a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business? Uh, Using my planner and using my business planner and making sure that I never schedule 
or say yes if I don't have my planners in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) Number five, what is your your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss but are worried about losing a steady paycheck? So you have to understand that if you are correctly able to monetize your gift, you will never have to worry about pay or the concept of a paycheck again. And sometimes we let fear stop us. So go ahead, do the numbers, make sure it all adds up, everything included. And then you just need to do the work Work and work harder. Be ready to work harder than you've ever worked. Maybe you work eight hours now, get ready to work 12 or 16, but it'll be worth it. Love it. So where can people connect with you and the student loan doctor after this episode? Yes, they need to join our party on Instagram at the student loan doctor. It really is like a party on my page. Everyone's like, oh, you should clean it up. You should. No, nope, nope. This is organic. Um, Nope. I want people to come get the information, get the free webinars, join the, the challenges, the courses, get the services. You really should feel like you found your tribe. And the engagement is so high on my page. You can meet new friends in the comments, and I'm not making that up when I say that. <laughs> um, and we have an online university called SLD University. We have 200 members, and there we talk about everything related to personal finance, not just student loans, and also how to make more income and you know how to really monetize your gift. So I would just tell people, start with Instagram, the student loan doctor. We have a Facebook page, the student loan doctor, LLC. Um, and if people need our help, they can go to drpleasehelpme.com. And then start with a free discovery call to see what we can do. And then the other thing is look out for us. We're coming um, around the nation coming up this fall. We're going on a nationwide tour between churches and community centers and libraries to do free workshops. So if we're coming to your city, come support us, get the information. We're just coming to teach. We, you know, we make it fun, but at our core, we're just teachers and we just want people to get the information. Yes. And, you know, I don't normally do this, but I realized we did not touch on marketing. So just really briefly before we go, I want to know what do you think has been the biggest key to growing awareness of the student loan doctor brand? Like, was there any moment that it just took off? Oh, yes. Yes. So in 2018, January, January 5th, I posted on Facebook. This is my media year. Tag on podcasts, blogs. I was just being, you know, superficial. Like, just tag on, don't know about us, right? And then I put a meme out that said, first African-American and woman-owned student loan repayment company in the country. I made my meme on my little Canva app, okay? All right. Shout out to Canva. (laughs) It goes out. Boom. The shade room picks it up. And when the shade room called me, it was a call. I thought it was a joke, Okay. And, but I, I said what I needed to say. She said, love it, posting it. I said, thank you. Hangs up. I don't know when she's going to post it. I don't know what's going to happen. She posted, I remember it was that night, January 18th, 2018. And she posted it and it went viral. The next day, all of the radio shows, Steve Harvey, um, just, just every radio show, every news outlet was talking about us. And I remember I was paralyzed for 10 minutes, <laughs> 10 minutes. I'm, I can't move. And I was like, I was like, Jesus, you know, really did it this time. You could have sent me an email, guy. But you know what? Because I had my systems in place, mm-hmm. my, my calendar, my team's calendar. I only had a few uh, team members at the time filled up for two months out. And that's what made me have to do an immediate hiring because we cannot afford to lose business. 
And then, you know, requests were coming to come on all different types of shows. And so now we're featured in Money Magazine. We had a really great two-page write-up on the second page of Money Magazine two months ago. Um, just and that was so humbling because we're crossing over into different cultures at this point. And 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 I would never forget I was getting on the plane. I was about to take my first class seat because I like first class for long flights. And I'm, I can't make this up. I'm looking over at the guy. Guess what article he's reading? Your article? Yes! Oh! Okay, 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 okay. I just think of a little girl from Philly at that moment. I had to control myself because I was just so excited. I was like, so I said, <clears throat> I said oh, excuse me, sir. I said, what do you think about that article? Right? And my hair was slightly different than the picture in the article. Yeah. He said, this young lady is amazing. I think she's from Philly. I, I, I wish I had a chance to meet her. <laughs> I said, oh, my goodness. Well, nice to meet you. He said, are you kidding me? Is this you? And he yells to the play. I cannot make this up. I wish I could have recorded this. Everyone, <laughs> she was in Money Magazine. When you get off the play, go get your copy. Page, page four. Page four, everyone. And I was just like, I, I literally, I had to turn around and cry. I oh had my to cry. Gosh. I had to turn around and put my like my little jacket over my face. And I just had to have the ugliest little cry that you like a ceiling cry. Yes. Like, a ceiling cry. <laughs> and I had to cry because like because God just knows mm. like um a few years ago there was nothing to celebrate. I was depressed. There was nothing to be excited about. I wasn't even trying to encourage my own self. Mm. So to be in that moment, I mean, like if, if God didn't show me then that this is just a, a stepping stone of what's to come, then how can I not believe everything he said that's going to manifest would be true? So I just had these moments every day where I'm so grateful. Even when I take, I call them my gratitude walks. They're six miles. When I do my gratitude walks, Somebody literally pulls over or stops me and, and waves me down and says something kind every walk. I don't make this up. And so I'm grateful for that because if there is a moment, there's always a moment every day where I'm like, this is a lot. It be, it's just those little things or a little DM that somebody might send that just keeps me going, fueled and refueled. So yes. um, that's why I'm always just super happy and grateful for every opportunity. I take nothing, um, nothing um, in vain or I'm not, you know, one who owes me anything. Yes. Um, so just like, really excited. And that's why I'm excited to be on your platform too. I love this podcast. Yeah. I saw the email. I'm like, clear, clear the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You excited. know, I'm so glad you shared that story. I can't believe we almost went through this whole interview without that. That is amazing and so well-deserved, y'all. Like just meeting you at Rise Empowerment, I knew like there was just something about your spirit we connected and there was never a time for us to collaborate or anything like that but we started following each other so I've been cheering yes. you on you've been cheering me on and I just appreciate the love from afar and I just love seeing you grow flourish yes. flourish I tell everybody always, about you know? your podcast like, what podcast do you recommend you're always top of my list um, there's a few others and yes. they're like, oh, this is good for me. And then next thing I get, you know, if they're listening, it always goes a couple of ways. Maybe like a few months later, I think I need to figure out how to leave my job. <laughs> I'm like, they to me, you know. And I'm just excited yes. that you have this platform because they right. give people unconscious permission to do the same. So mm -hmm. thank you for the work that you do. It's so amazing. Thank you. And shout out to conferences where you meet just awesome people. So <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us in the guest chair. There you have it, guys. Head over to sidehustlepro.co slash Sonia. That's S-O-N-I-A for all of the show notes from this episode, including the links that Sonia mentioned. Thank you again, Sonia. And I will talk to you guys next week. 
Hey, hey, thanks for listening. Now stay connected in between episodes by texting Side Hustle Pro to 44222. You'll get my weekly Six Bullet Saturday newsletters where I share what I'm up to, what I'm reading, my business tip of the week, and resources to help you grow your side hustle. And I'm working behind the scenes on some live events, which my email list will get access to first. So make sure you're in the loop. Text Side Hustle Pro to 44222 or visit sidehustlepro.co slash SBS. Thank you.